Here goes, and welcome to the 77th episode of Throwback Hoops. Woody V is in the house, and as always, please follow the show on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. And it's a very happy birthday, 45th birthday. Welcome to my main man, Robbie Clayton. Not just from myself, but from, from Skittles as well, man. Happy birthday, brother. Thanks, Sam, mate. Um, it's nice to have you, you both joining me today. I hope Skittles is doing okay as well after a surgery. But yeah, feeling pretty old today, Woods. Um, yeah, hit the big 45. So playing a game tonight as well. So I'm sure my old bones will be feeling it tomorrow morning. But no, looking forward to, to chop it up with you, mate. Age is just a number, bro. Age is just That's a number. That's right. That's right. Now, I'm sorry that we're in a slightly different, I mean, slightly different position today on my usual recording area. As you just mentioned, Skittles just uh, got defect, so she's in a little bit of pain. So I just want to be able to keep an eye on her. Uh, sure, with the mate. wife out of the house, so just uh, if we have to potentially have a little bit of a pause during the show, I apologize in advance. Okay, was that like a dog joke with pause or no? <laughs> well, yeah, now that you said that, right? Nice, um, nice. all right, man, without a further ado, let's get into it. Now, uh, you did tell me offline that we hadn't actually rocked many New Jersey, Jer- uh, New Jersey jerseys on the show, yeah. Uh, so What's interesting, Woods, you know, I've got a bit of a spreadsheet that I've been keeping with all the jerseys we've actually been showing there. So I think a bit of a a shout out to both of us. We've shown every NBA team. So there hasn't been any teams we haven't shown a jersey from across our 77 episodes. But I did notice we haven't had many New Jersey Nets ones. So I thought um, no better than do a bit of a double today, right? So... Um, so look, I'll start, and there happened to be two lefties as well, which I thought was pretty cool. So two people that people will remember from the, the 90s there. So I'll start off with that jersey hanging behind me there, Woods. So I decided to wear one today that's in slightly better condition. Better condition. Um, but the one I'm hanging is a Kenny Anderson Blue Nets champion jersey. Um, so just a little bit on the man they call Mr. Chibs. Um, played 14 seasons in the NBA after being drafted out of Georgia Tech by the Nets at pick two in the 91 draft. So I know that's a draft we've showcased several jerseys uh, of players yep. so far there, Wood. So um, he went on to have a good career. I'm going to call it a good career. Uh, playing with the Nets. There's a few teams here as well. Charlotte Hornets, Blazers, Celtics, Sonics, New Orleans Hornets, Pacers, our Hawks, remember that? Um, and the Clippers, um, but of course his, yep. his best years were early on in New Jersey. Um, look, I reckon Kenny Anderson probably never lived up to his amazing potential that he had. Um, the New York City legend battled a number of sort of issues, personal issues. He had some alcohol problems later on as he was sort of getting out of the game, had a lot of financial um, issues as well throughout his career. But he was good enough to make the 1994 NBA All-Star Game with uh, Woods, which was really his only accolades in the pros. Um, had some pretty good college sort of records as well. So Kenny Anderson's now 52. Um, it was the subject of a really good doco called Mr. Chibs that came out in 2017. So I'd really encourage anyone that hasn't watched that doco to watch it. Um, I found it really interesting. And to be honest, and at, at times quite sad as well, but uh, it was quite Definitely. interesting hearing about him. So some of the maybe the younger viewers or listeners that aren't aware of his history there, strongly recommend um, you know you checking that out. So I'll stand up and show you the one I'm wearing. So it's exactly the same jersey, but a different player. Um, it's one uh, number less than the age I turned yesterday, but anyway, I'll show you what I'm rocking. And uh, Robbie and I both own this same champion Nets 44 DC Derek Coleman jersey. What a jersey. 
What a I love, player. Love me some Derek Coleman back in the day. Me too, sure. bro. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, a little bit on, on DC. Um, he was drafted out of Syracuse by the Nets at pick one in the 1990 draft, so a couple of seasons before Anderson there. Um, went on to have a successful yet really injury-plagued 15-year NBA career. So, ended up playing less games than Kenny Anderson, even though he was drafted a couple of years earlier. Um, so, look, he played with the Nets, 76ers, Hornets. Actually finished up with Woodsy, if you remember this, with the Pistons, and where he was involved in that infamous Malice in the Palace in 2004. Yep. So I'd almost forgotten about that. So interesting, 15-year career. Hadn't played for a lot of teams there. But look, I think the big man will be remembered as being a highly skilled player. Um, it's a pretty decent accolades. He was an NBA All-Star in 94. So actually the same year as Kenny Anderson. They both made it that year. Um, he was a two-time NBA All-Third team. Of course, he was the NBA Rookie of the Year in 1991. So um, look, he's now 55, lives in Detroit, where he's involved um, with a number of charities and food programs to help the underprivileged. So I guess it's two guys we probably don't think a whole lot about. Maybe that Kenny Anderson doco sort of, you know, reminded a few people about him. But Derek Coleman's not someone you you hear a lot about. What were your memories on, on maybe both these guys? Would? Uh, Kenny Anderson, you, you talk about like someone who had a lot of, uh, you know, hearsay and talk about him before he got into the NBA. This guy was, was a legend on the streets of New York, right? You know, yeah. um, you know, you put him up there with Mark Jackson, Rod Strickland, all those guys that they were talking about. I talk about New York City point guards a lot. This guy was probably one of the most infamous and, and one that everyone thought would go on to be a Hall of Famer, multiple-time All-Star, and as you said, he never lived up to those expectations. Derek Coleman was just great because I just started getting into the game of basketball when he was drafted, right? 1990 pick one, correct? 1990 pick one, yep. Yes, correct. Um, and look, I just had all his cards, you know, um, that 1990 hoop set that I love so much. I had his rookie. I still have it somewhere, his rookie card. Mm -hmm. and um, Yeah, so I just got to watch him play in those early years. Um, played alongside Drazen Petrovic, obviously, on that Nets team. There's a bit of talk um, about that, that they thought that could have really been a big three, obviously, and obviously yep. such a you know sad thing that happened to, to Drazen there and the, the car accident there. But it's obviously that big three that never sort of got to eventuate there. But I can't help but think that DC would be really suited in today's modern game there, Woods, with just his big, definitely. big skills and his shooting ability. Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's some similarities there with the Lamar Odom, right? Not just because they're both left-handers yeah. and, and, and bold. I mean, Lamar Odom's probably a, a better playmaker, but, you know, there, yeah. there's some similarities between each other's games. I definitely would have translated, as he, as he said, he's a great shooter from the center position, yeah. which wasn't a must in the game at that time, right? Yeah. Um, and he also represented, I think... At a World Cup, he would have represented, I think, 94, yeah, maybe, he, he represented. World, yeah, World Championship, yeah. I think, the same year. I know Dominique was on that same team. 94, then, maybe. So, um, it would have been, yeah, 94, 98. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, 92, yeah. and the year in between the, the second yeah. frame team. So, 94, yeah. he represented. So, yeah, a bit of a trip down memory lane. I love these old champion ones as well. There's yeah. some, some nice colours popping on this one. This one here, you can see the condition it's in woods. It's absolutely yeah. pristine condition. The other one's got a few little... Issues with it, but anyway. Well, I was just saying when you stood up that I've got the exactly sa exact same jersey, right? The Coleman one. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, the it's champion not often we have one. A matching, uh, yeah, jersey, yeah. But, and I can see you're rocking an absolutely random one today that I actually oh, guessed sure. from the number there, but I reckon a lot of people wouldn't. So why don't you yeah. take that one away? No worries. So Woods is standing up with the lovely Skittles behind him there, rocking a number 10 Houston Rockets Chase Budinger jersey. There's probably a few people that are maybe saying who when I said that, but yeah, Chase Buttinger. Got the little rat's tail as well, man. I don't know, I like if, I don't know if you like that or not. Yeah, I like it, man. <laughs> uh, nice, man. So Chase Buttinger um, had, a, had a storied college career. 
he was picked uh, with the 44th overall pick um, in, in the second round of the 2009 NBA draft by the Detroit Pistons. And he got traded to the Houston Rockets on draft night where he spent his first three seasons. Um, then he moved to Minnesota, uh, Indiana, Phoenix before a short stint in Spain. Um, before actually deciding to retire from basketball and make a career change and take up beach volleyball professionally. Now I'll get to that in a second. But his highlights and awards that he achieved in college were, were, were quite impressive, right? He was a Pac-10 freshman of the year, first team All-Pac-10. He was a McDonald's All-American, California Mr. Basketball in 2006. So, you know, we also had the White Man Can Jump uh, preview on last week's episode, you'll recall, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, in one of those dunk contests, he, he, he dressed up as Woody Harrelson, right? And, right. and uh, Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. 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 I certainly remember the dunk contest. Yeah, I forgot about him doing that one there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that, that's kind of what gave me the mem- uh, gave me the inspiration to wear this jersey today because we just were talking about white man can't jump and and I I remembered that um, him dressing up as Billy, right? So uh, it's interesting. I don't remember those last couple of teams you mentioned. Like I don't really remember him with Phoenix there. Certainly remember his time with Minnesota and, and of course with Houston there. But yeah, it's interesting. I felt like he had some pretty good years early on. So I wonder what the actual motivation was with that career change. And you know, obviously there's a lot more money to be made in the NBA than there is in beach volleyball, but. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, he was running out of opportunities, right, to play. I mean, that last season with um, Phoenix, he only played 17 games and averaged mm-hmm. 11.8 um, uh, minutes per game, right? So he, yeah. he, I don't know how much time he would have left had left in, in the NBA. I mean, he did survive for six, seven seasons, so um, yeah. that's more than the average. But yeah, 2017, as I said, he decided to retire from basketball and focus on playing beach volleyball. He made his debut on the AVP Tour in 2018. I um, mean, he's been playing ever since, and he's become so good that he's very close to actually qualifying for the 2024 Olympics as a member of the United States men's beach volleyball team. So the, very cool. the, the, yeah. the, 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 the transition has actually been um, a successful one for him. Um, he wouldn't have, wouldn't have been able to represent the country um, at the Olympics as a basketball player. So that's a really nice story. Right? I've got to say, Woods, that jersey is right down our alley too, isn't it? We love these random sort of jerseys that maybe people are going to see from the front. Like, who is that? And kind of look around the back. And yeah, that kind of sums that up. So yeah, I'm, I've always liked that one. Um, good choice today. Thanks, man. Um, all right, so let's get into it. Some really nice jerseys today. Um, let's talk about the NBA Finals. So after a lot of waiting, and, and Denver's been waiting for a while, we finally found out that uh, the Miami Heat are going to be uh, the 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 contenders for the title against Denver in a seven game series. Maybe let's just start with Game Six, right? Because since we've last spoken, Game Six has happened. Yeah, huge game. Um, now Boston played three terrible games, were down three nil, and then played almost three perfect games, right? Um, on their quest to create history and come from three nil down to win a series in seven games. It's never been done before. And in that sixth game, they played three perfect quarters. In fact, with about four minutes left, they were ahead by 10 points, mm. right? Um, and they blew, blew that lead, and Jimmy uh, Butler was fouled uh, with about two, two and a half seconds left on the clock. And um, down by two, three shots uh, by Al Horford, pretty bad foul. Um, with ice in his veins, he knocked down those three free throws to put Miami up by one. 2.5 seconds left on the clock. Inbound pass from... from uh, the big forward, Derek White, to Marcus Smart, who put up a shot that nearly went in, and Derek, Derek White ran straight to the, to the bucket, you know, tapped the ball in with about tenth of a second left, right? So within minutes, um, 
within seconds um, of of being into that NBA Finals in, in six games, Miami found that they'd have to go back to Boston to get it done in Game 7. We'll get to that in a second. What were your thoughts on Game 6? Look, remarkable, wasn't it? It was one of those games. I was still hyped up for a couple of hours after that. And it is strange. I mean, probably you know, keen viewers will um, know that I'm not a massive fan of this current Miami team, but I um, I felt like I was cheering on both teams in that fourth quarter. I just was really appreciating the, the back and forth there. So many just pivotal plays there. You know, obviously those two two missed threes from um, Duncan Robinson there. Yes. Especially that one where he took the bounce there. Those ones never go in. When someone yeah. has that much time when they take a bounce, I always seem to feel like those ones miss there. Um, he obviously took that, some people might say an ill-advised three, the one he took from quite far <laughs> out. bad shot. Yeah, it probably was a bad shot. But, you know, I think they probably backed him there. He's certainly a good shooter. And, He'd been making you know, them all night. He had been making them. It was pretty good throughout the series there. But, yeah, just found it a, a really exciting game. Um, kudos to you know Derek White for getting in there and getting that rebound. I called it as soon as it went up. I'm like, That's, that counts, that counts like that. And I think the commentators maybe initially didn't think it did. And then, obviously, the refs con- you know, um, consulted there and worked out that it was. But, yeah, really good game. And I was probably glad that it, it did go to a Game 7. But, yeah, I've got a few thoughts about that. But, yeah, what were your thoughts on you know, the Game 7 and everything? Oh, well... What that reminded me of, let's just go back to game six, in that very same building, 2013, you know, um, San Antonio yep. had basically wrapped up the NBA finals mm-hmm. um, and then Ray Allen hit that shot, right? Um, yep. And then you thought, in the very same stadium, you know, ironically, mm-hmm. right, in a game six, and you thought there's, you know, there's no way that um, the San Antonio Spurs, after losing that game, after almost having the title in their hands, would be able to close out that game seven, right? Yeah. You thought Miami would, would do it for sh- for sure. And I felt that same way. You know, I, mean, I thought they'd be shot. You know, but Eric Spolstra came straight after the game in the press conference. What did he say? We're ready to play this game now. We want to play now, right? Mm-hmm. And he instilled confidence in that team, as did Jimmy Butler. Um, and going into Boston in game seven, they'd already won two, two games in Boston this series. Yeah. So they backed themselves. And the reason why no one has ever done it before is come, come back from 3-0 down to win, win a series is because it's difficult, you know, to win four games on the bounce after being being down, you know, and almost out of it. So, um, yeah, Miami Miami went into Boston and, and, and gave them a belting, one by 20-odd points. It wasn't yeah. much of a game, was it? I was sort of following on my phone. I was working that day, and, you know, I was sort of looking forward to initially watching it that night. It just it wasn't even really a contest, was it? You know, I think Miami just continued to grow those leads there. Um, it seemed like every time Boston made a bit of a run in that game, it was either um, Caleb Martin or Jimmy Butler that would hit a big shot. You know, Boston would get it back to six or seven or eight points, and then one of those guys, Martin or, or Butler, would hit a big shot there and push it out to, to 10 points again. And, um, in the end, I felt like they really did deserve it. Um, honestly, Woods, I thought the coaching in this series was just a massive, massive advantage to Miami there. I've always really respected Eric Spolster for a coach. I'm not sure whether it maybe made him look better in that game, but I think Missoula, honestly, he was terrible. I don't like to, to blame a lot of things on coaches there, but you know, a couple of things I noticed there, Woods, he seemed to have no plan B, the whole series there, um, which I couldn't quite work out. Not just the lack of turnovers, and that's been well documented there that he probably should call a few more timeouts at pivotal moments. But the big thing for me was that um, zone defense at Miami was playing, right? So they were playing that all throughout that series there. And Missoula just didn't seem to have any answer for that zone defense there. You know, that's the thing when you you play these teams in multiple games there, you've got to be able to adjust on the fly, have a plan B there. He just didn't seem to be able to do that. And Boston just continued just to miss those three-pointers. Um, Jalen Brown, who I want to touch on a little bit um, in a moment there, he shot, I believe, 15% from the three-point land in that whole series series there so he may have cost himself a few bucks actually you know based on that considering he was a, a second all 
second team All NBA player Woods, which was a bit of a shock to be honest. But we know a lot of players in his position probably were injured this year, and that's maybe why he got in because he played most of the season there. But yeah, I thought the coaching made a really big part. Was your sort of thoughts on that the same? Or? Well, let's give him a little bit of credit, right? When when they were down three nil, right? Um, everyone was out for him. You know, his head was on the chopping block. So for him to make a few adjustments and bring back that series to three all, you got to give him a little bit of credit, you know, for for making yeah. some improvements. But at the end of that game seven, um, he was asked a question: Do you think that your team is too reliant on that three point shot? He's like, no, right? Uh, they shot twenty percent from the field, as you said. They had no plan B. Even, I mean, Charles Barkley, man, people that he, you know, he, he he has opinions and whatnot, but he's so knowledgeable. When you actually listen to him to speak, and he was on the panel, and he's saying, "You've got to have some some other option." You know, they're taking ill-advised three-point shots. They're not falling, right? Coach Mazzulla, it's his responsibility to come up with op- different options to put his players in, in positions to be successful. And the idea of just coming in willy-nilly, jacking up random threes, some terrible shots actually oh, in that game seven, ones, yeah. right? That's showing a lack of maturity, right? So I agree with you on Coach Mazzulla. He, he needs a plan B. I know it's important to shoot threes in the new um, NBA, right? But yeah. at the same point, um, you've got to be able to mix it up, right? Take an open three, you know, one that's in rhythm. You know, you saw Jimmy Butler catching and shooting, right, um, in that... He, he doesn't take many three-point shots, but when he finds one that's in rhythm, it's a good shot, he's going to take it, right? That was the difference you could see. Um, and, yeah, I know you're going to touch on Jalen Brown in, 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 a, in a minute, but let's talk a little bit about Caleb Martin, you know? Uh, this guy was just working out in J. Cole's gym. J. Cole gave a, gave a call to, to Jimmy Butler, his mate, and said, man, you got to look at this guy. And, you know, he, he signed a two-way deal last year yeah. after almost being out of the league. And uh, five votes to four for that Eastern Conference MVP, you know, right? Yeah, so, I mean, it couldn't have been any closer. And I, I don't think anyone would have been disappointed at all if he had been named that Eastern Conference MVP. Um, he was just great throughout the series, wasn't he? Um, yep. He was like the guy I said, especially in that, in, in most of the games, actually, he always had that answer there. If Boston were ever making runs there, he was doing it on both ends of the court. His shooting was just great throughout the series. Good decision-making. Um, yeah, look, I know, I think he's still got one year of that pretty small contract to go but he's definitely earned a bit of a raise in the future based on that up sure. i think he was waived you know as i said from the you know, from the hornets and then obviously found yeah. his way at miami there so a great effort there it was it was good to see a success story like that and it's just that next man mentality for miami wasn't it you know we it's been well documented obviously all the undrafted players there but you know duncan robinson had some really good moments in the series um you know gabe vincent early on was good and everyone yep. sort of seemed to step up when they needed to there, which is interesting because I thought probably their second best player in Bam Adebayo, I don't think he was that great in that series, to be honest. Um, I think he probably, he was good in maybe in the first couple of games and then seemed to get a little bit worse as the series went along yep. there. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, full credit to, to Martin there. And yeah, he was he's going to be a really important player in these finals. Yeah, we'll get into Bam in a second. I think he'll have more success against Denver. Speaking of Duncan well, do Robinson... I'm not sure I do, but we'll, we'll debate that after, yeah. Uh, we was we were uh, just listening to the old man in the three JJ Reddick's podcast and Duncan Robinson was on it today. Did you have you heard it yet? I haven't heard it yet. No. No. Okay. So he he made a very um, great point. He's like, there's no agendas on this team, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and he spoke about Kevin Love and how he was talking to Kevin Love on the plane after the game on the way to Denver. They went straight to Denver apparently after the, that win in in Boston. Mm-hmm. And and he and he said like someone like Kevin Love who was part of the rotation, right? Um, in the start of the series, and now he doesn't even play anymore. You know, he's sitting on the end of the bench. The kind of um, support and, and cheering for the next man, right, and the way he, he's taken it in his stride, 
what he's brought to this team, that veteran leadership. I've spoken about on previous episodes with Udonis Haslam, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, but even Kevin Love joining this team. Um, Duncan Robinson was glowing in his praise for him. So I think this team has You know, I love to hear that Woods being a Kevin Love man as well. So that's great to see that he's sort of settled and just, you know, playing whatever role they need him to on that. Who knows, he might play a little bit more in in the finals. All right, before we move on to the finals, uh, you mentioned Boston, right? What's next for yeah. them? Coach Missoula, Jalen Brown, yeah. talk to me. I, I think the, the the whole coaching staff will be changed. I mean, it's kind of been well documented. The, the, the assistants there are kind of a bunch of no-names there. So I wouldn't be surprised if they clean house there, get a new head coach. Obviously, you want to get onto that soon because a lot of these you know coaches that are out there are starting to find um, teams. But I think I've got a big choice to make whether they think that Tatum and Brown are that you know combo or, you know, that duo going forward that can, you know, ultimately lead them to, to championships there. Because, you know, as I said, you know, Tatum was first team All-NBA, Brown was second team. So you'd think based on that you would. I'm just not quite sure whether that's the, the right combination of players, whether you need like a, a bigger guy with that or a natural point guard or whatever it is. Um, Interestingly, Woods, I've heard quite a few rumours this week that they reckon if Boston don't end up giving him that max contract, which he's going to be wanting to get there, they could be considering a sign and trade with our Hawks. So I thought that was quite interesting to hear that. Not quite sure who the Hawks would need to, to give up to get him there. I could maybe see like a, you know, a John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, and a, maybe a first-round draft pick or something like that. I'm not sure if that's enough or, or how that works. But obviously early days, Boston's got a lot to sort of consider there. Um, Brad Stevens in the front office. Who knows whether he'll you know, come back down into the coaching seat there and see what they do there. But look, it's not like a failure. You know, They made the finals last year. They made the conference finals and lost in a game seven this year. But you just wonder whether that's kind of you know that their peak there, if they can continue to go on from there, I think. Yeah, well, just an interesting stat about Jalen Brown. He's now got almost as many turnovers as assists in playoff basketball. That's something I wanted to say as well, Woods. Um, the, the bloke can't dribble. He cannot <laughs> dribble the basketball. It is really strange, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, he's obviously got a lot of talent. He's a skilled player. He seems like a smart guy that would sort of work on, you know, aspects of his game that he doesn't sort of, that he needs improving on there. But his, his ball handling is absolutely terrible. You can't even put the ball on the floor and take two dribbles without doing something wrong with it. So very strange, very strange. Yeah, very strange. So let's see how that plays out. Any chance that Tatum doesn't stay at Boston? No, I think I've kind of given him the keys now. I definitely think he's got some flaws in his game as well, Tatum, at the moment. Um, I think some of the shots he chucked up. Was it you that called him a, a fake Kobe Bryant? Or someone said that on one of our chats the other day. But he seems I like he just... Ta- yeah, some of these fadeaway threes he's taking and stuff like that. It's almost like he's watched a bit too much of Kobe as a kid and tries to emulate some of that and clearly isn't Kobe there. He's like he's an amazing player. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the... You know, he was an, an all-NBA team. I think he's definitely a top 10 player in the NBA. But, yeah, I, I think I'll definitely keep him. I think Brown could be maybe be the odd man out or whether they just decide to give it one more run and, and bring it all back there because I think Brogdon was probably a big loss in that series he was playing hurt missed a couple of games I think a healthy Brogdon might have been you know made a difference as well there and obviously that injury to Tatum I mean, that on the first play in game seven had a little bit of an impact but maybe you've you know. got to play through those things though yeah as you said, Miami's been decimated by injuries as well. Tyler Hero will probably be looking at coming back by Game 3 so of, the, of the finals. So let's talk yeah. about the finals. Miami versus Denver. What are your thoughts? Can Miami... I mean, Miami, we've said every series so far, like, they don't have what it takes and they've proved yeah. us wrong, so... I feel like I don't want to say anything bad about Miami because you're absolutely right. I mean, look, it's pretty historic, isn't it? And I think either way, I'm looking forward to this final series. We've got a team like Denver that's never won it. And then we've got a team like Miami that was, you know, in the play-in tournament, lost to our Hawks. They were losing in the fourth quarter against Chicago with a couple of minutes left and then won that game. And then they've just 
basically had upset series after upset series three times in a row now. So I want to respect them. Maybe we'll give our prediction sort of at the end of this bit there. But um, look, I am looking forward to it. I I do worry for Miami a little bit with the Joker there. Um, I was sort of looking through some previous stats there. And he's really dominated Bam over there, you know, previous sort of couple of years with matchups there. I mean, look, yeah. he does dominate most people there, but Bam's a pretty undersized big there. So I'm just not sure what else they can do to play on the Joker there. I mean, do you try and give Kevin Love some minutes there? He's not known, really known for his defense. You probably have to just to try and you know yeah. mix things up a little bit there. Um, I know teams have liked playing some of those undersized strong sort of guys on someone like the Joker. So you got Cody Zeller there as well, right? Yeah, that Cody Miami Zeller, bench. yeah, you can maybe yeah. give him a go. I think they've kind of like, you know, teams have liked playing, you know, like a Jay Crowder type or someone that's a bit stronger, yeah. but a bit smaller, right. lower center of gravity there. So I can see the Joker having a bit of a field day there, but certainly like some of the matchups there. Um, the, the rest versus rusting, I think, is going to be really interesting for Denver. I mean, this will be a longer break than probably they even had during the, you know, the All-Star, you know, um, break which is it's just strange this time of year so obviously it gets some of their players with some niggles and, and everything healthy but also the, the the rust kicks in as well there so it would not shock me to see miami come and win game one to be honest um but um yeah as i said really looking forward to it i do, I do think there is some good matchups there and i think that's probably a big one you mentioned there woods tyler hero potentially coming back in game three um yeah. the only other sort of thing i had sort of on my notes as well um I guess, who did Denver look to play on Jimmy Butler there? And probably my thoughts would be a little bit of a mix of Brown and, uh, and KCP there. KCP. Yeah, KCP sure. is obviously yeah. a great yeah. defender there. So I think they've probably got the, the bodies that can maybe slow down Jimmy a little bit there. You wonder how Butler's going to go. He's been playing big minutes throughout all these series there, whether he's gonna, his body will hold up and everything like that. But, um, yeah, what's your, sort of, your, what's your thoughts on the matchup? Yeah, look, I, I think that um, Bam has been dominated by the, the Joker, right, in, in previous mm. matchups. I checked that. But just the way they play, play defense is slightly different to, to Boston, D- Denver, um, yeah. in, in the way they guard the pick and roll. So I think that, um, you know, the, the, Al Horford and uh, Robert Williams were tough for, for Bam. So I think Bam might have a little bit of a bounce back. I was telling you offline, some days he can be one of the best centers in the in the league, and another day he could look like Tristan Thompson. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So uh, it... it Let's see how it plays out. I just have a feeling that he, um, you know, those guys are more defensively inclined in terms of who I just mentioned from Boston, their big men. Mm. Um, the problem is no one's on, on, the, on the defensive end. Like, Bam's decent, right? He can probably, as you said, give something to, to, to Joker, but he can't play 48 minutes. So they're going to have to go into their big man rotation with, with Love or Zeller, as, as, as we spoke about before. And that's where I really think that uh, it's going to be tough. For, for I think Bam's a good team defender. Woods, I'm not sure he's yep. like probably the the yep, individual one on one. Like he doesn't even average one block a game. Which yeah, he's not a sure great rim. Pro- he's not no, a great rim protector. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's a system kind of defender. There. One yeah. stat I thought was pretty interesting. I'm sure you saw as well. Pat Riley Woods. That stat that this will basically be 25 yep. percent of the all NBA finals that he's either been part of as a player a coach or in the front office there. So yep. that's a remarkable stat there from, from old slick Rick, Pat Riley there. Yeah, and, and look, it's it's testament to him and the kind of culture that he's been building, ac- building across, um, you know, New York, LA and Miami, right? Yeah. Um, great Absolutely. teams. Um, Tough teams. Great, yeah. yeah, you know, great high character individuals in the front office, coaching staff and on those teams, right? Yeah. So yeah. shout out to him. Um, well, should we give a prediction maybe? Should we? Um... Yes, I was about to get into it. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's do All that. Right. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about this today. Part of me wants to say wants to say 4-1, but I'm just going to give Miami that extra game because I haven't been sort of respecting him so far this playoff. So I'm going to say Denver 4-2, my prediction. Yep, same. Okay. 
Yep, and you did say it was going to be a sweep of five games with, with Miami and Boston, remember? I think I might have said that nearly every series, and I think probably a lot of people <laughs> yeah, yeah. have now, so that's why I'm sort of giving them that little bit of extra credit there. Um, look, as I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they get they do get one of those two games in Denver there. Um, might not be the first. We'll see. Obviously, Denver will come out a bit fresher, how they'll adjust to the altitude and everything there, but you know, they're, they're veterans and they're a smart team there, so I'm sure they'll have a lot of ideas for that. But I just hope it's a good series, though, Woods. Unfortunately for us in Australia, there's only one game that falls on a weekend. One. So No, we've like, got a long weekend next weekend, no, it's man. Not so. on that. It's not on that either. Is it? No. 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 So one game. Even with the long weekend, we still... That's this Sunday, so, right? Um, no, it's, I think, game four, which is not this Saturday, the Saturday after. So basically, game right. one is Friday, game two is Monday, then we've got another midweek and then a Saturday. Right. So, Saturday the 10th, you mean? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. So yeah, anno- yeah, okay. annoying timing that we've only got one you know, during non-work days. But oh, I just hope it's sucks. a good series and we finish off the, off the year well. Well, let's just say this one thing, right? If Miami do somehow win the NBA championship, all those things you mentioned, that play in versus the Hawks, almost being down to losing to Chicago to get to that eighth seed. Yeah, it'll be one of the greatest sporting achievements across any sport ever in the history. It right? really would. Like, yeah, great. Even getting to the final here has been ridiculous, right? No, nah, no, nah. hats off to them for sure. All right, cool. Um, really excited. Game one kicks off tomorrow at ten thirty our time. I think. If I'm yeah, saying. so look, probably that's by the time we get this up tomorrow, game one might have finished there, so we'll be able to see what, if we anything we spoke sort of makes sense there. But yeah, really looking forward to that game one tomorrow. All right, awesome. So let's just move on to a, a few quick uh, headlines that I want to discuss, Robbie. While we're on the topic of the finals, great opportunity for Jack White, our, our Australian. I know he's been a, uh, um, a fellow Australian. I know he's been a two-way player, but being part of this Nuggets setup um, in the locker room and getting to experience this deep playoff run, it's only going to do wonders for him, and it'll be a great experience, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think he seems to really be enjoying his time there. I mean, of course, you know, you know playing behind some greats in the game, especially the, the Joker there, who, you know, an absolute legend of the game, the way he's going to end up there. So, yeah, great to see Jack White doing that. I hope he, he gets, like, a, a, a better opportunity next season. It's perhaps, you know, part of the roster. But, no, it's, it's good to see him, um, you know, potentially a chance to get a ring. Terrific, yep. Um, Bob Myers leaves Golden State. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, I sort of thought about that today, actually. You know, there's, I guess, that core of those Warriors guys that have been there for a while. So, you know, whether it's Steve Kerr coaching, Bob Myers in the front office there, and then, of course, your Draymonds, your Clays, and your Curry's there. So, look, we know Curry's never going to leave their woods. He's going to be there for quite a while. But I just wonder whether Myers going is maybe that first domino that's going to start to, to fall for this aging team now. Um, I think Draymond can opt out of his deal next month um, if he decides what he's going to do there. Um I think Kerr and Clay have both got one year remaining. So interesting to see what these guys have got in mind there. Um, on that, I reckon the Golden State should potentially look at trading Clay while he's still got a little bit of value because I think yep. you can see the way his um, injuries have, have affected him. He could go down downhill quite fast. He may still have some currency now. But no, full credit to Bob Myers. He was <laughs> had some amazing time there. It doesn't look like he's going to be joining another team soon from the quotes I've read there. He was saying that he doesn't have that... Uh, time and, and I guess energy at the moment to sort of commit to a role like this. So it might be the sort of thing you see him have a you know a year or two off and then he will pop up in a, in a good situation somewhere else. Yep. I mean, four championships in his tenure there. So yep. hats off to him and what he's achieved, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about the NBA coaching carousel. A lot of changes have been lately. Let's start off with the one that's just been announced uh, with uh, 
Monty Williams signing on for six years with the Detroit Pistons. Hot off think? the press, right? Yeah, so what are yeah. we, Thursday the, the 1st of June? Um, yeah, big money. That was the first thing I thought, and obviously quite a, a lengthy contract there. But, yeah, I think he's got a pretty good reputation around the league. He is good with younger players there. And obviously we know Detroit's got you know a whole team of, of young guys, some potentially you know guys that haven't lived up to their, their billing there, some high draft pick type people. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good move there. Um, he was always going to get another contract pretty quick there. So, yep. yeah, congratulations. Congratulations on Coach Monty. And a great development coach as well, because, you know, when he took on the Phoenix Suns, you mm-hmm. know, they're a, mainly a young team, right? And he's taken yep. them to, to where they are now. So working with the likes of Cade Cunningham and Co is going to be, you know, Marvin Bagley. It's going to be good for him, right? And we know he's had some rough years, like, you yep. know, personally and everything else like that. So, yeah, I wish him all, but, you know, nothing but success in that in that tough situation in Detroit. Yep, no problem. Um, good call. I like it, Robbie. All right, let's talk about um, Philly. Nick Nurse. Hmm. What do you think? So Doc out, Nurse in, right? That's yeah, great, that's right. Great, from great headline, doc. that one. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. look, to be honest, all those coaches that, you know, of those teams that sort of got knocked out early in the finals, he was the one for me that I, you know, if I was trying to build a team, I would have gone after first. I would have picked him over Monty. I would have picked him over, you know, Coach um, Budenholzer there. So I actually think it's a really good move for Philly there. I think he's, he was the best name on the market there. I like the, um, like the style that he coaches there. I think he's um, got some great tactics and everything else like that. And maybe he's that change that Philly need there. Obviously, Doc's been there for a while. Sometimes, you know, these coaches can wear out their welcome, you know, when they've been there for a while. But I think it's going to be, you know, an interesting combination. Not quite sure what's going to happen with their players there in terms of guys like Harden and that. But I could see Nurse working well with um, with Embiid. And, yeah, I think that's a, a really good move for Philly. Yeah, well, a couple of things there. James Harden, there's rumour has it that the reason that Doc Rivers isn't there anymore is because James Harden basically, like, forced him out. Have you heard that through the grapevine? Yeah, possibly, possibly, yeah. So I'm thinking that now that Nurse is in, James Harden might come back, right? And I think Nurse would be the perfect coach for someone like James Harden. Mm. Um, but also, Nurse looked tired in Toronto this year, right? So I thought that, you know, yeah. he wouldn't be ready to jump straight into a coaching job. I know he, I know what you said. He's the type of guy you'd want to, you know, build your organization around a coach like that with his, his um, theories and, and um, the way he, he runs things as a leader. But do um, you think he's ready to jump into a coaching role straight away? I do, and I think probably it was that situation there. I'm not sure, you know, if Detroit had any contact with him. I'm not sure he was maybe ready for a kind of a rebuilding or a young team like that. I think he probably wanted a, a team that's a contender, so whether it was a Milwaukee or a Philly or someone like that. But, yeah, I think uh, I think he'd probably be up for the challenge, yeah. Yep, and you think Harden's going to come back now? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of people are saying he may go back to Houston. Look, I'll, I'll say yes, he will, he will come back, and they'll try and, try and run it back with a new coach. Well, while you're on the, while you just mentioned Houston, let's talk about that. I know this was announced a little bit, a um, little bit of time ago, but Udoka yeah. taking over at Houston. Yeah, um, it's almost like all that stuff that happened in Boston was swept under the rug, right? Yeah, I still don't think we we know the full story of what's happened there, and it definitely seems to have been more that happened there than probably what what was let on there. Um, look, Boston probably wish they had Udoka in that Eastern Conference Finals. To be honest, I think he's a good coach. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, and look, he's obviously going to be mentoring a really young team in Houston as well. There, um, he's had a year out of the game to probably refresh himself and you know think about life a little bit there. So, no, I think that's that's a good signing for those young Rockets. Yep, awesome. And then Adrian Griffin to the box. That one surprised me a little bit, right? 
Yeah, it's good to see him. Obviously, we remember you know his playing career quite well. First thing I thought of when I heard that is like he better not steal AJ from the Hawks there. So yeah. for those that don't know, obviously AJ Griffin's his son. You know, a player that I'm I'm really liking already. The the you know the rookie going into his second year next year for the Hawks, AJ Griffin. But yeah, Adrian Griffin, I think he's he's done his time, hasn't he? He's had quite you know some good assistant roles over the the time there. So nah, it's it's a pretty good situation to go to Milwaukee. I know obviously they've got a couple of guys, Brook Lopez and Chris Middleton, who are out of contracts. So Interesting to see what they do there, but yeah, you're going to a team with Giannis there, and I think he signed for another year at least. It's a it's a pretty good situation, right? Yeah, well, definitely. No, I like that hire, and as you, as you said, you spoke of Giannis. He's definitely approved of this hiring as well, which is important that your star yeah. players on board, right? Yeah. Um, and finally, um, we've got Toronto and we've got Phoenix looking for head coaches. What's next for Doc Rivers? I mean, could someone like him pick up one of those jobs, or you think that he needs a break? He seems like one of those guys that probably needs to keep coaching, if you know what I mean. I'm not yeah. sure he will. You know, I know he's a, a golfer and those sort of things. He has commentated before. But, yeah, look, it would not shock me if he got that Phoenix role, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think they – I did hear some rumors they were looking at potentially getting a younger type coach there. And we've seen a few few teams having younger coaches over the last few years. Maybe that's the way to go there. But I think he'll be trying to get one of these roles for sure. Yeah, I've heard Frank Vogel's name thrown out there as well. Any other names mm. you're hearing? No, no, like there was, yeah, like an assistant I think they had last year. I did hear one of the names off, his name escapes me now, but yeah, wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, some of those players have a lot to say in Phoenix in terms of who the coach is. They'll probably be going to Devin Booker and KD and saying, right, what type of coach do you want us to get for you there? So it might be the, you know, the players potentially selecting who they get there. Yep, we'll see how that plays out. Mm. Um, over the coming months, right? Um, okay, let's move on to a couple of NBL signings that, that happened last week. Let's start with your Perth Wildcats, right? New Zealand talented youngster Dante Rusco Nance. Tell me, mm. what do you know about him? Yeah, look, I didn't know much about him. I had heard the name before he was signed, but I've certainly checked out some of his highlight tapes in the last week. And yeah, he looks an exciting prospect there. Um, it's amazing how many Kiwis we've got on this roster now, Woods. So that's four by my count now. So obviously Harris, um, Nance, and then obviously the two Williams brothers there. So at literally a third of our roster will be Kiwis next year, which is pretty remarkable. So they might be people in New Zealand's second team, I'd say. But um, yeah, I like it. He seems like a you know a young, sort of pretty athletic guy that can come in and contribute straight away there. So look, you can tell that John really has got his stamp on the team this year. He's really selecting some of these players there. Um, really liking what I see from Ben Henschel. I've been checking out a lot of those COE games in the NBL One East, and I think he's going to fit in straight well straight away with Perth. But no, it seems like a, a, a pretty good um, good sign. Yeah, well, there's a history of New Zealanders there. If you talk, you know, Jared Kenny, Everard Bartlett, these kind yeah. of guys have been there. So you know, I think and uh, quite a big uh, Kiwi Dylan population. Dylan Boucher as well back in the day. Dylan yeah. Boucher, yep, huge huge Kiwi population in Perth mm. as well. So maybe yeah. that has something to do with it. Okay. Um, the other signing, the really. I was about to say, one. I think you're more excited about this one than I, what I am with Roscoe now. DJ Hogue, man, oh. perfect fit to come in and and replace Xavier Cooks. A he different did. style of player can can yeah. bring some of the intangibles that Xavier Cooks did. Yeah. Um, offers obviously a better shooter, and you know, offensively, his game's a little bit more advanced. Probably not the playmaker, you know, that that uh, that Xavier Cooks was, but really like that signing, right? And I think. Um, I'd say Woods, I, obviously I think you know, Cooks is the MVP, so I'm not going to say anything bad about him. I'd say that Hogue may be a more complete player than Cooks because yeah. I think Hogue's still a pretty good defender. He's not the defender that Cooks is, but um, I think oh, he's, he's, very good. He's, he's a pretty good um, facilitator as well. He can certainly pass the ball, but I think his shooting is the, the big difference there. He's you know he's a great shooter there. We saw in you know, the NBL semis and everything else like that and some of those big games towards, towards the end of the year. He's a big game player. Um, 
Yeah, so I think that's great. There's been a, a bit of rumour for a while about that, wasn't there, with Hogue going to Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think it can. I just feel so sorry for them. The NBL really mm. needs to look at this because they develop some of the best talent who, who leave because they're priced out of the market, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's quite unfair, right? Hogue, Pinder, you know, Shannon Scott, all these guys are gone now, right, to other teams, right, on the back of building their reputation and their um, and their stock rose within that It reminds that me a little bit of the Hawks last year. Which it's not often that you see two imports leave a team and then stay in the NBL. We saw it happen last year with Illawarra, obviously with um, with um, Antonius Cleveland and with uh, Rathan Mays, you know, both finding new homes. And now we've seen that, obviously, with um, with your boy going to Brisbane and then you know, Hogue coming to Sydney now. So, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Well, the it? Hawks so actually kept two imports, though. Now they've got Tyler well, Harvey did. and Justin Robinson. They right? So. We've got to keep Tyler Harvey. Didn't they sign him to about a 20-year contract? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely the first domino, isn't it, for, for the Kings to, to lock him up yep. there and then they can start working on I know you've mentioned a few other people. What were you saying? You want to get, like, um, Trey Burke or Rock to Jersey? Some, someone like that. You know, someone like that. You know? Yeah. Uh, like, you know, like the point guards that we've got last year with Adams and last couple yeah. of years with Adams and Walton Jr., you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's going to be a new coach coming in. I'm hearing, like, you know, they're going to talk to, to Maddie Nielsen, right? Yeah, um, Kevin nice. Lish, I'd like to see Kevin Lish to get that opportunity. We'll yeah. see how that plays out. So the coach that's going to come in, that's probably going to be the next next domino, yeah. and the coach will determine who have a say in who he wants to bring in, right, to, to put alongside as the next two import slots, right? No, but no, certainly a big signing, though, for the Kings. They've done well there. All right, no worries. Um, okay, let's move on then, man. Um, we've still got a little bit of that pack left. Nice. That's have you bought any more yet? Or what? How are we going with packs? Oh, I've got a few packs left. I think I've got three or, four left. three or four nice. packs left, right? Nice. Before I have to get any more. All right, so let's do this. Okay. Great so, guard so on so the... Tell, tell viewers what this pack was again. What's in case I Okay, it was, a, it was a 29 pack of Flair 93-94. Okay. Yep. Instead so of opening pack, them all, pack. all, we did them in three hits. So I think there'll be about 11 or 12 in this one, right? I think we did eight or nine in the first two weeks. So we're going to complete, complete them today. Um, okay, great guard. From those Bulls teams, um, then he's become a great player oh, agent since. B.J. Armstrong. Yep. And that actually reminds me, what a bit of a segue there. He actually was in that 94 All-Star game that I spoke about. That's a nice card as well. In that yep. 94 All-Star game with Kenny Anderson and Derek Coleman, which was a bit of a shock pick at the time. I think he was averaging maybe 14 points that season. But yeah, he was. He went on to have a good career. And like you said, he's, he's kicking goals in his um, post-career too. Where was he playing for at that time? Uh, he was still with the Bulls, then, yeah. He was he? Oh, yeah, 94 he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Three-point field goal leader, of course. This is 94. So this nice. obviously, obviously was still with the Bulls. Yeah, it's a 94 yeah. card, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Cavaliers legend. Son also played for the Cavaliers. Larry Nance. Larry Nance. Nice. I like that jersey. I've got an Antoine Jameson in that same style there, but, yeah, he was great, Larry Nance. Yep. Namesake. Of Carl Malone, also played for the Utah Jazz. Oh, Jeff Malone. Jeff Malone. Wow. Three for three so far. <clears throat> yeah, I remember Jeff Malone had that famous shot. He might have even been playing for Washington then where he was running out of on the left-hand side of the court, pretty much fading away over the baseline and threw up this shot that went in. I always remember that on you know, one of those um, basketball you know, videos back in the day that you'd watch a hundred times. Yep. Okay, back up big on those great Bulls team in the early 90s. Um... It's got to be a big white guy then, right? No, no, no. Number 42. Uh, oh, Cliff. No. Um, number 42. Yeah, went to North Carolina as well with Jordan. Oh, Scott Williams, of course. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nice, I've forgotten about him. Yeah. Is that Lionel Simmons in the background as well? The L-Train. It is. Shout out to the L-Train. Yep. 
<laughs> All right, bullets forward. I think he might have. Yeah, yeah. undrafted. Uh, number thirty-three. Odd number. Mm, not Mitchell Wiggins. One of the great Tasmanian shooters has his has his same surname as this guy. Also played for your Perth Wildcats and Ken's Taipans. Uh, so you're talking Steindl? No, no. Of yesteryear. Oh, oh David Close. No. Played for the Cairns Taipans. Played for Tasmania. Played for Perth Wildcats. Won a championship with the Perth Wildcats in the 90s. Well, I'm blanking on that. Has been a long time. Right. Yeah, Anthony well. Stewart and Larry Stewart is who oh, I'm talking well, about. I right definitely now. wouldn't have got that one. Yeah, Larry Stewart. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. Okay. Uh, 76ers forward. Um, six foot nine, went to Temple. Uh, we've, we've, we've pulled this card a few times before. I think Charles he might have played for Phoenix Suns before moving to Philadelphia. Shackleford? No. Uh, what number again? Number 25, I think. You can barely see it. Um, seventh pick, first round of the 88 draft. Not the, the late Armand Gilliam. No, Tim Perry. Oh, Tim Perry, okay. Yeah, he was in the Charles Barkley trade, of course, wasn't he? Yep, yep, sure yep. was. Mm -hmm. uh, love these brothers. All the brothers are so much fun. The, um, the father was an absolute legend. Very unlikable, but a John, legend. John Barry, this one? Or? John Barry, yes. That's, nice. You could have come up with any of them. Yeah. Nice, yeah, I like John Barry. It's, of course, had some pretty decent seasons with the Hawks as well in the 90s. Yep. Great player for the Celtics and the Suns. Um, then uh, Tr Portland Trailblazers as well. Um, front office at... Uh, he, he, yep, now in the front office at Utah. Right? Rocking the 4-4, right? Oh, he's a 22 with... Yeah, nice, yep. nice. Yeah, so it was just Portland, Sacramento, and Boston, and um, Phoenix, I think he played for, correct? Yeah. Have I missed any teams? Yeah, no, sounds right. Yeah. 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 Okay, bruising forward from that, those Trailblazers teams um, in the 90s that met Jordan's Bulls in the, in the finals, um, came off the bench. Um, Buck Williams? No, he, Buck and Duck both started, right? Okay. This guy came off the bench. Yeah. Jerome Kersey? No. Off the bench. Um, 21st yeah. pick in the 88 draft, number two. Number two. Oof. You, you keep, get, keep getting angry that his uh, namesake is, 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 is out of the Denver rotation. Um, oh, Mark Currently. Bryant. Mark Bryant, yeah. I like that one, eh? Yeah. That was he's a good clue. He's an assistant yeah. coach now, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's doing well, yeah. Okay. Great media personality, um, New York Knicks guard, son is now at the Orlando Magic. Oh, um, Cole Anthony, of course. Yep, and so who, who's his Greg father? Anthony. Yeah, Greg, Greg Anthony, Anthony. straight out of yes. UNLV, the running Rebels. Uh, yep, sure yep. is. Okay, one of your favorite players, a bit crazy in the head, Houston Rockets, I'm talking about. Oh, Mad Max. Vernon Maxwell. Mad Max. Even just that look on his face. He was such a volatile player, wasn't he? He was either going to run and shoot a three there or he was going to run and fight someone, I reckon, after that shot, after that, that photo was taken. Yep. 
<laughs> oh, bro. One of, your, your Holy Grail jersey. He, we just talked about him, right? Oh, Lionel Simmons. The L train. That's a nice-looking car, that one. You want that car, don't you? These are a pretty nice-looking set, aren't they, these ones? Really nice set. Love them. Yeah. Is that it? That's it, man. That was a great big pack, wasn't it? As I said, you know, collecting cards like we did in the 90s, I don't remember those. What was it, 29 cards in one pack, was it? Yep. Random number as well, just just quietly. But, yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, I wonder what was in a normal one of those packs back in the day, whether it was like 8 or 10. Uh, I think 12 or 13. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, so it's almost like a a two-and-a-half pack sort of thing. But, no, that was fun. All right, yeah, real fun. Great episode. Really enjoyed it. Um, why don't you take the uh, audience out with the, the usual um, information? Sounds good, mate. So just a reminder where we can be followed. So we're on Twitter, at throwbackshoops. Um, Instagram is throwback.hoops. And our email address, throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, like we always say, if you've got any jersey suggestions or guests that you'd like to see us feature on the show, just reach out to us and we'll see what we can do. And, um, what about your shout-outs, Woods? Patreon, thanks for everyone's support. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, it for me, man. Nice. Well, look, we're hoping to get a star of the NBL 1 on next week, Woods. I'm just sort of finalising some details with this particular player there, but looking forward to do that. And then I've got another couple of good guests coming up in June. But, yeah, just really looking forward for these NBA finals to start. We're going to see Skittles making our first appearance on the, on the show. Yeah. yeah. yeah She's been a good girl. She yeah. has, yeah, hasn't made a noise. Yeah, looking a bit sorry for herself there, but yeah, hopefully she, she recovers quick there. And uh, yep. looking forward to do it all again next week. Yep, thanks everyone. Peace out. Peace out.